This is the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode, as this will help me find my audience. What you are about to hear is an excerpt from a series titled Tell Me Who Is Speaking. Listen to the introduction episode for a full explanation and important context. The voice is simply the appearance. The voice is just the start of it. It's just the surface. And the thing that's speaking, and it's even implied in this imperative, tell me who is speaking. Who? Well, it implies there's a person speaking. And I've realized that it goes beyond that. It goes much further than that, much further than that. Because it's not just people that speak. Actually, everything speaks. And everything speaks in its own way. Everything has its own message. And conversely, you'd think, well, if everything has a way of speaking, does it also have a way of listening? And how are those two things related? And I feel this is something that's tricky to explain. I feel like I need a long list of examples. I feel like there must be something that can be done to convey this. And it really does open us up in this conversation, in this process here, to so much more than just the voice. I mean, we really have been confined to the voice up until this point. So let me, let me try and explain, let me try and expand on this which is that everything speaks. And you could say, well, what is speaking right now? If it's not just a person, if it's not just a voice, what is the thing behind that? Could we say it's an assumption? Could we say it's an intention? Could we say it's an idea? Could we say it's a psychological meme? Or a set of psychologies or thoughts or thought patterns? And we could say that. We could say anything. We can say anything. That's the game we're playing. How exactly do you say everything? Sorry, anything or everything. And what would it look like for an idea to be speaking rather than a person? What would it look like for thoughts to be speaking? And how would you recognize when someone is actually being controlled in a certain way by their thoughts?
You could ask, where did you get that idea from? Where did that thought come from? And by that logic, well, everything always comes from somewhere else. Whatever you have coming through you is coming from somewhere else. So what does it mean? Imagine what it looks like for someone. Imagine in someone else. Imagine you see someone talking and you can recognize that it's not them talking. It's an idea. It's not them. It's something they've picked up from somewhere else. Unwillingly. Unknowingly. Now, of course, it is to say that it's not necessarily so that it's a bad idea. Or a good idea. It might be actually a very good idea. And ideas are widespread. Ideas do tend to have a way of making their way into multiple people. And that can be something you can ask. Has anyone else had this idea? Who else has this idea? And somehow, when an idea is in multiple people, there's something that changes when you realise that too. And it can change in different ways. It can change in a lot of ways. There are all sorts of reactions that we can have to realising that. Like, oh, you're not so original. <laughs> Or maybe it's not quite so bad. And here's something that's frightening. This is something quite terrifying. It's that there are ideas that are common and widespread and thought as good, which are actually bad. Can you realize that? Can you see that? Can you see that there are things that are told to you that are good, are actually bad? And these things are the common things. These are the common ideas. Now, of course, you can't take that as a standing point. You can't take that as something that you're working with all the time. You can't use only part of your engagement metric. It's almost like you'd be using only half your navigation system if that was an assumption. And you can see people that actually have that idea. There are people that say, oh, the masses are wrong. What's widespread is wrong. Can you sense the amount of how much understanding there is? Can you see that there's a range of understanding that is occurring between us as we continue? 
as the words unfold, as the sounds unfold, as the ideas unfold, as the nature of what's being said changes, as things start to shift, as we continue, as we string out certain things, as we flow more, as the words tend to make their way back on themselves and don't allow for any sort of rest from what it was that we began with understanding. And every moment there is a chance for that to reset itself and come back to, well, what is happening now? And how is it to follow along? And how is it to remain present and alert despite what's been lost, despite what's confusing? The real test of being present is to be present when all hell is breaking loose. So much of what we practice with being alert is actually not enough. And there is something very much motivating by realizing that something is not enough. And this is where berating comes from. When someone tells you, not good enough. When you tell yourself, not good enough. When you have that voice of self-doubt, saying, maybe this won't be enough. Maybe this won't work out. Maybe you're not good enough. Maybe it won't work at all. Maybe people won't understand. Maybe people won't be able to follow along. Maybe people won't see what's happening. Maybe it won't function in the way that you imagine it to function. Maybe you won't be able to see how it's really working and if it really is, if it really is doing anything at all. So much can be forgotten. So much can be left by the wayside. And this voice needs to be understood. This voice needs to be practiced. Rather, your response to the sound of that voice needs to be practiced. Because the other side of being caught up in a voice is actually being detached from it. The other side of being caught up in what's being said, what is being communicated, and actually connecting with what is happening on a very deep level is actually being disconnected. Because it's possible to experience something and remain detached. It's possible to experience something and for it to let it flow in and out. And you can assess right now how good you are at doing that. And the simple test is, how much of, I, how much of what I have said has made an impression on you? How much of what I've said is here right now? How much of what I've said can you remember? 
and this process of allowing things to slip away and allowing things to come in is how you come into a deeper relationship with reality. And there's no analogy for it. There are no instructions for it. There's no real way that you can build your ability to do that other than by actually doing it. So understand that what we're doing here is testing. What we're doing here is practicing. And your job is to see the contradictions, allow them, let go of them, let things take an impression, have an impression, and then let go. And the essence of so many things that we're talking about is beyond the words. And it occurs to me again that so much in the voice is just the surface level. And so much of what we've talked about up until now is really nested in thoughts. It's really just ideas. It's just words. And this is a problem. This is a problem. Because the mind can continue to tangle itself. The mind can always be making more and more mess. Thoughts are always going to be coming. If you roil the waters, it just makes things muddy. And there is something in having coherent thoughts and making things neat and making things perfectly clear and understandable. There's nothing wrong with that. But even that, to an extreme, becomes a pathology. It becomes a neurosis. Perfectionism as neurosis. And I realize that this means that the mind is a defense. Every thought is actually a defense. And everything that we've been talking about up until now has been thoughts. Everything that we've been talking about has been ideas, explanations, discussions. There's only so far you can get with an explanation. Imagine the perfect explanation. Imagine there's a ready-made explanation for everything. What would life be like? What would it be like? What would happen if there was a perfect explanation, not just for everything in its totality, but also for each thing? And that was a satisfactory explanation for the simple things, for the complex things, for the abstract things, for the confusing things, for the new ideas, for the old ideas. For each of these things, imagine there is a perfect explanation, a simple, easy explanation. And I'm here to break it to you that even if that's the case, it's still a defense. Every explanation is a defense. 
Every idea is a defense. Everything that's said, everything that is even spoken about, is a kind of defense. And what is it in defense of? And I know the answer to this. I feel that I know the answer to this. And I don't know if I'm quite ready to share it. I don't know if I'm quite ready to go there because I am comfortable in my defenses. And what I'll do is I'll tell myself that I can actually come back to my defenses. When you let your defenses down, does that mean you can't pick them up again? When you make yourself vulnerable, is it a permanent state? And so much is tied up in the fear of permanency. And so much pain. Oh, there's a lot in that one. There's a lot in the, the frustration of thinking, will this ever end? There's a, lot, there's a lot in the pain of thinking. And that's really the thing about pain, isn't it? It's the thing that really gets me. I don't know how it is for you. But the thing about pain is that you can't see how it will end. But I, dist- I distract myself again. I distract myself from this final defense, which is just an example of how things can continue to tangle. It's just another example of how easily the mind can take something it's fed and weave it into something which is a distraction. And really, distraction and defense are the same thing. If you can distract your enemy, you'll have them. And that's exactly what's happening with you. That's exactly what you're doing to yourself right now. You're distracting yourself. You're listening along to something which is keeping you from something. What you are hearing is enticing you away from something. And that's the thing we're going to start to look at. That's the thing that we are going to carefully edge our way into. And we go into this together. And I can feel that I've stumbled upon something which is true. And this thing has implications which I don't know if I'm quite ready for. So, I suppose the next logical question would be, well, what's it going to take for me to be ready? What's it going to take for me to understand the next step? What's it going to take for me to get to the next level? Where am I going to find the strength to go deeper? Where am I going to find the strength to go deeper? 
And how is anything new done at all? How is anything started which is unfamiliar? As we make our way in, we need to be clear about what it means to let go of what's been happening. And the thing that is going to keep us delving deeper into this thing is the ability to recognize a defense. And that also will have to be in conjunction with the ability to recognize distraction. Are you distracting yourself right now? What are you distracting yourself from right now? What is the thing that you are hiding from? What is the thing that you don't want to have exposed? And maybe it would help to have someone tell you that they will accept what we find. Maybe it will help for someone to tell you that it's okay. Maybe that's important. Maybe that's something we don't hear soon enough, often enough. And you can do that for yourself. You can say, I accept whatever it is I'm going to find. I accept whatever it is I'm going to do. I accept the things that are going to be said. And I do that with compassion. I do that with care. I do that with a kind understanding. So now we have three things. The ability to recognize distraction. The ability to recognize defenses. And a kindness towards yourself. And this means listening to yourself. This means telling yourself the truth about whether you are saying what is true or not. It means holding yourself to a standard of clarity and not doing so with a kind of restriction or a kind of beating yourself up. It's more like a sincerity. It's more like a kind of authentic understanding. And so much is said from the mind. So much is said from thoughts and ideas and other people's beliefs and other people's sayings and other people's blabberings and words and talksings and this's and that's and all sorts of sounds and 
And that, all of that, is the layer we're breaking through now. All of that is what we're starting to go against. That's the thing that we're starting to see through. Just on the other side of that is something that we're going to have to have a lot of respect for. It's something that we're going to have to handle delicately. Something that we have to be very kind to ourselves with. And we are in this together because the only way to go into this is together. This is the sort of thing that can't be done alone. This is the sort of thing that takes all of us here. And of course, I don't want to rule out going back to where we were before. Who knows? Maybe we need to. Maybe we do need to backtrack. Maybe there is more still to come from how things were before. But now that we've come to this point, now that we've seen that there's a new precipice up ahead, there's a new edge that we have to jump over, we have to go into, we have no choice but to go there. And there's still confusion. There's still the need for an alertness. There's still a need to remain present. And yet we are going into new territory. And now I need to break it to you. Where we really need to come from. And the real source of things that we are experiencing is feelings. It's feeling that we need to be aware of. It's feeling that is beyond the mind. And of course, it is possible that your voice doesn't come from your feelings. And I hope it becomes clear when voice, the voice, is coming from the mind and when it's coming from feelings. Instead of speaking straight from your mind, it's possible to speak straight from your feelings. And we're going to have a constant inquiry into feelings, which begins right now. How do you feel? Can you see how your feelings change? 
Can you see what causes your feelings? Can you see what you think about feelings? What are you saying in your head? And in many ways, that's all we're ever talking about. The mind is really an elaborate explanation of how you're feeling. Do you know how to speak about your feelings? And you'll have to understand that reason has no place here. There's no reason for any of this. There's nothing that I need to do to convince you. There's no convincing. And you don't even need to convince yourself. This is not rationality. We're talking about something else. Of course, rationality is good. Of course, that has its place. But not here. Here, we're really going directly for something. And we're going for it in its most pure form. And that requires a sincere participation. Are you being sincere right now? Are you being sincere with how you feel right now? Things seem slower and yet more real. There's a larger vibrancy happening. There's more of a depth. There's a kind of warmth. I'm not afraid of being confused. I'm not afraid of trying something new. And I'm not afraid to change who I am. I'm not afraid to become something else.